Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Nugent Hopkins, left circle, wrist shot, score! Patrick Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Natea Jay, who's up across the 40, he swings it to the 45, the 50, down the sidelines, he goes. Natea Jay, he's got all sorts of daylight inside the 10. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite team. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. The Edmonton Eskimos continue to put the L in Labor Day. Eight consecutive losses on Labor Day Monday at McMahon Stadium. They've lost with Moss. They've lost with Jones. They've lost with Riley. They've lost with Harris. They've lost some close games. They've lost some blowouts. They have just lost, lost, lost. And today it happens again, 25-9 the final. And the Eskimos fail to score a touchdown for the third time in 11 games this season as they fall to 6-5 and five on the year. And I was talking to David Morley near the conclusion of the points after show in another game, that being their most recent home outing, last Friday, a week and a half ago against Winnipeg, they didn't score a touchdown until very late in the fourth quarter when the game was pretty much out of reach. They would have needed to get an onside kick and another drive to pull off a miracle in that game. So the problems persist for the Eskimos, uh, a sputtering offense. I I think that the better teams in the CFL are starting to have more success against the Eskimos' defense, though I still think the Eskimos' defense is a pretty good unit. They couldn't get to Bo Levi today like they have got to other quarterbacks in the CFL, and they couldn't create a turnover, but they did enough, certainly in the first half, to give the offense a chance to maybe get a little momentum or maybe even take control of the game or maybe even, God forbid, have a lead at halftime, allowing only seven points through the first 28 minutes of the game, but it was 7-6 Calgary. They uh, put together a touchdown drive late in the first half and uh, really... That was pretty much it because the Eskimos do not look like a team that can come from behind from, well, they don't look like a team that can come from behind at all, but especially when they're down by eight points or more and they were down 10 at the half. So it's uh, it's getting a little dicey here. Six and five, It, it maybe the exact circumstances are, are different, but it is starting to feel a little bit like last year when they were six and three at the halfway point. And finished the year nine and nine. Well, this year they were six and three at the halfway point, lost to Winnipeg, lost to Calgary, and now they're six and five. Uh, I mean, look, they're going to finish no worse than than fourth in the West because BC is is sputtering along with just one victory. So probably fighting for a crossover, maybe fighting for third, depending what they can do in the near future. But looking ahead, like I said, it's dicey. Given the way the Eskimos played today, how Calgary played, Bo Levi's back, how the Eskimos have played this season, I cannot consider the Eskimos a favorite. 
when they play Calgary on Saturday, and then I cannot consider the Eskimos a favorite when they play Hamilton on September 20th. I, I mean, I hope not, but we could be talking about a 6-7 and seven team in about three weeks. My name is Reed Wilkins. Hope you've had a great long weekend. We have a lot to get to tonight in this edition of Inside Sports with you live until 8 o'clock. And uh, time to uh, hear from you definitely today. I'm sure there's uh, a lot of frustration out there, and uh, I'm here for you. If you just want to talk or uh, you have some suggestions, some solutions, maybe for what ails the Eskimos. And, and, and look, I know Calgary made some plays today. Like I said, I think the better teams have made some adjustments to the Eskimos' defense, and, and now the Eskimos' defense is going to have to adjust back. Blake Dermott made a good point that the, the Eskimos' D is so intent on pressure and sacks that there are running lanes open up, so I think that's something that they're going to have to be aware of. But still, end of the day points scored through the first half through the first three quarters even with a better offensive performance it, it could have come down to you know down to who played better in the fourth quarter as opposed to the Eskimos being on their heels you can text 630-630 our phone number is 780-496-0063 we'll dive into the phone calls with Chris Chris thanks a lot for calling hi Reed I love your show thank you um, I have a silly question, and you would know because you go to the to the practices, right? But I've studied a little bit about learning, and I hear all about the tape and the classroom, you know, to get rest and stuff. And I'm wondering in terms of execution, if it doesn't have something to do maybe with they're not learning enough muscle memory, you know what I mean, is that you can watch stuff on tape and stuff, but to get out there and actually do the plays physically to get your body going in in very you know tight windows uh you know execution problem we seem to have whether that's maybe they're not getting outside enough well i'll tell first of all chris i i don't go to a lot of eskimos practices because david morley are on that beat i do okay. I, I can tell you that football practices are highly highly structured you know, they, they say we're the, they almost have a script. We'll do this for seven minutes. We're going to run these uh-huh. exact plays. Uh, then, you know, we're going to work on special teams. Then we're going to break off into groups. Like And really, football is a very structured sport overall. There's meetings before and after. Mm-hmm. Um, well, there always has been, yeah. Yeah, do I, do I think they're running enough plays in practice? I, I mean, I, I would think so. I, I think teams probably prep pretty similarly. I, well, I that's just, my question: Is that the other teams? You know, are they doing? You know, usually the same process. I, know, I would. The same I would. Time. I would guess it's 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 pretty similar. I just think for the Eskimos, um, you know, they they're not making the plays offensively, uh-huh. and I think that they probably need to to call some different plays because I, I you know speaking of film work, if I I feel like. I feel like defenders in the CFL lining up against the Eskimos are pretty sure what they're going to run. And if they know, even if it's a reception, if they can get up there and make a tackle, it's it's probably not going to be for a first down. And you're and what the Eskimos are doing on offense is they're in a situation where they gotta they gotta execute six, eight, ten plays perfectly to yes. get a touchdown, and that's hard to do. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking is that, you know, maybe it's just in general in sports now is that everybody, because sometimes we go too far the other way. And so I'm thinking, I remember the old days, practices were absolutely brutal, you know, and and you just do things over and over again. And I come to think of, you know, NBA stars where they'll sit and they'll shoot a thousand shots every day. Right. 
and I was wondering if if they could maybe I don't know. Like I say, is the muscle memory thing and the execution seem to go together in my head? So. Anyways, just a silly question. I knew that you'd be helpful. No, well, hey, when you're losing, you can throw anything out there <laughs> and consider it. Thank you, Chris. Okay, take care. Appreciate it. That's Chris, 780-496-0063. You can also text uh, 63630. Uh, I will tell you right off the top, I will probably not be able to read uh, all your texts tonight because we have a lot, but I will try to get to... Uh, as many as possible. Ralph says, uh, no creativity from Jason Moss when it comes to play calling. Trevor Harris never forces it. Not one long bomb today. That is unacceptable. The Eskimos have players to be, uh, have the players to be a better team, but instead they're sitting there in fourth in the West. Well, it is interesting looking at this now. I mean, Brock Sunderland got applauded for what he did on, on free agency day. You know, the, the story, certainly the story was Mike Riley leaving, but that wasn't the only story for the Eskimos. The story was getting Trevor Harris, getting Greg Ellingson, getting Sir Vincent Rogers, who's unfortunately been injured, getting Ricky Collins Jr., getting Larry Dean, getting Don Unamba, getting Javon Santos Knox, who's been injured, uh, getting Anthony Orange, who's been in and out of the lineup. But, I mean, they, they got some good players, and they, they signed some good players who have been having pretty good seasons. And uh, it, it's translated into a into a pretty mediocre record, and 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 there's no doubt. I mean, it's six and four. I'm sitting there last week thinking, okay, you know, which way is this going to go? You win on Labor Day, you're seven and four. You got the momentum of winning in Calgary. You're you're right up there. You're you're right up there with uh, Saskatchewan and Winnipeg, and then all of a sudden you're you're ahead of Calgary, and now you're dropped down to fourth. You haven't beat a team with a good record. You've been close, but you haven't got over the hump, and and you're sitting there right now looking at, at a crossover spot. Now, look, a, a lot can change. We're we're getting into the near the end of the season, but but there is still a lot of football left. But the concern for me is when they lose, you you kind of know what's going to happen. And, and okay, 25 points against today, not great. You'd maybe like to keep that closer to 21 or less, but still. In, in the first half, okay, Calgary comes out. They got beat Bo Levi back. They're moving the ball. Esk's hold them to a field goal. Esk's hold them to another field goal. They get a couple punts. They get a bit of a break. A reliable kicker like Paredes misses, and they only get a single point. And the Eskimos are responding with zeros and threes. And plays that are there, I mean, we can talk about the play calling, absolutely. And we can talk about the execution. Ricky Collins Jr., who's having a great year, Drops a pass off his helmet, intercepted by Calgary. Second and two with a chance to get inside the 35. C.J. Gable hesitates, doesn't bang it straight ahead, gets tackled for no gain. they got to settle for three. All drives that could have led to touchdowns, could have led to more points, would have bled more time off the clock. So maybe Calgary doesn't have time for that drive at the end of the first half. All those little things adding up. Putting the Eskimos in a hole, they're they're playing catch up the whole time, and, and they have shown that that really they 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 can't come from behind. I, I mean, I guess they did it early against BC. I think they they were down seventeen six in that game, and then rolled from there against a pretty bad team. You know, clutch drive early in the season when Montreal tied it in the season opener, but when. You know, I, I, when I'm watching these games and they get down by three or six or seven, I, I'm not sitting there thinking, oh, they're going to respond. 
I'm sitting there thinking, uh-oh, how are they going to get back in it? John is on line one. Go ahead, John. Hi, Reed. How are you? Pretty good. I'm calling from uh, Regina. Okay. Yes, and I'm an Eskimo fan. Good. So I just want to say, Reed, I think that the uh, the Eskimos need a deep threat at wide receiver, like a, a Duke Williams back or a Zilstra. Um, Ricky Collins got cut from here for a reason for, from this football team here because he kept dropping the ball, and you're starting to see that today. I know he's the re- leading receiver in the league, but that catch, you got to catch those. You know, those are absolute must. Duke Williams would have held that down every single time that was thrown at him. Well, yeah, I don't. I don't know if they're going to get Duke back. I mean, Zilstra signed with with Carolina. I I, I don't know. I, I mean, I hesitate to rely on guys coming in from the NFL. You know, obviously they traded Kenny Stafford, who was a who was a pretty good all round receiver. But yeah, I mean, you're you're right on the Collins one. That's a catch that would have been for a first down. I think it would have had you right on the edge of field goal range. I mean, even if, like I said earlier, John, even even as much as the Eskimos needed touchdowns, it was a field goal game in the first half. Even if they're it up was. nine seven or twelve seven at the half, it changes the complexion of the second half and how Calgary feels coming out for the second half. And also, the penalties have got to stop. Those are undisciplined. You know, whether Jason Moss has to start finding guys, benching guys to send a message, that is absolute crap. I mean, we've seen that. Two games in a row now that absolutely cost us points, like uh, the touchdown Christian Jones had, and last week, you know, with Hunter taking selfish penalties. Yeah, you gotta you gotta send a message. You gotta cut guys. Uh, as you know, in the old uh, Hugh Campbell era, those guys have been gone, and new guys would have been in. You can't have that because that just deflates the team and brings them down. And they also, I think, need to uh, get Gable to be a little more uh, flexible too, instead of just running up the middle. Start cutting to the outside and stuff because Calgary just knows um, he's going to run up the middle. He's got no creativity out there, and they are predictable. But uh, you know, as as you had said, because first down they pass, second and six are running the ball when they should be throwing it. John, I appreciate you listening from Regina, buddy. I hope it's not too difficult there uh, with the Riders having won uh, five or six in a row, man. It is, and uh, and I keep telling my friends here that Eskimos are going to beat them, and I got some bets, so I want the boys to come through for me. Well, I'll tell you what, John. Here, here's the here. I'll just throw this in. And I and I know the Eskimos have a lot of guys with good individual stats, but you know, there's teams scoring a lot of points with quarterbacks either I hadn't heard of or who had never been starters before this year, like Fajardo, like Evans. You know, even Toronto makes some entertaining plays. You know, and kind of goes for it. And, and Edmonton doesn't seem to have that, that mentality. So, I don't know. Thanks, man. Thank you. That is John calling in from Regina. 780-496-0063. The other Labor Day game today, by the way, if you missed it, Hamilton uh, falling behind but beating Toronto 38-27. Tiger Cats are 9-2. and two. Toronto sitting there at 1-9. Uh, and nine. We have Mo on line, too. Go ahead, Mo. How you doing? Pretty good. Okay, it's uh, very simple in my mind. I know it might sound stupid, but to me it's very simple. Uh, it's coaching, and I'll tell you why. Uh, the key word everybody keeps using is predictable. They need six yards, they throw three. Uh, they're not going deep. When they do go deep, everybody on that offense seems to play a little bit bigger, a little bit faster. But the key for me is since Jason Moss has calmed down 
and lost his edge and his unpredictability on the sidelines. This team has become very predictable, boring, and to me, he just needs to get that edge back and his team will follow suit. Otherwise, we're toast to the game. End of story. That's, we have the talent. It just doesn't make any sense whatsoever to watch a talented team struggle so much. And I know the stats are there, but that's misleading in my head. I mean, they should be lighting teams up with what they have. Mo, I'm not going to tell you you're stupid, buddy. I appreciate you listening and calling in. Thank you. All right, that is Mo at 780-496-0063. More, uh, plenty of time tonight. Uh, call and text as much as you like. We'll get... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. To as many people as possible. we got to call a quick timeout, though. It's 6.48. Eskimos lose again on Labor Day. This is Inside Sports. All the news and expert opinion. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. All right, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. It is uh, 6.52. Some other football results to tell you about Prairie Football Conference over the weekend. The Edmonton Wildcats beat the Calgary Colts 23-16. Wildcats go to 1-2 and two on the season. The Saskatoon Hilltops edging the Edmonton Huskies 24-22. So the Hilltops are 3-0. and Huskies drop to 2-1 and on the year. This afternoon in Halifax, Canadian Premier League, it was FC Edmonton playing to a nil-nil draw against the Halifax Wanderers. 780-496-0063. You can also uh, text 630-630. This texter says the problem is Jason Moss can't be both the offensive coordinator and the head coach. He also has no one to bounce ideas like Dickinson can with Huffnagel. He needs constructive criticism from a person he trusts that would help. I think when he ran uh, the jet play, it widened the box, and they should shake things up by including more of those types of plays. Just a few thoughts. Yeah, well, that's fair. I I like that they finally ran that jet sweep. Even if it doesn't get a lot of yards, it makes the other team think about that you might be running outside or or spread them out for other plays to work for sure. Uh, Luke says, why do we have all the talent on offense and defense but still can't win important games? Is coaching a problem, be it offense or defense or head coaching? Uh, Just wondering, and Luke uh, does add, I like Jason Moss, but is he uh, overthinking some calls? That is from Luke to 630, 630. Oh, we got Dwayne on line one. Go ahead, Dwayne. Dwayne, are you there? I am. One sec here. Okay. I am barbecuing wings and okay, there we go. Well, all right, be careful. So, yeah, so uh boy, you know what? Like uh I met Dave Campbell and uh and uh, Morley last year and they were great guys. They were super great guys. They were, you know, a realist and uh but I thought it must be frustrating for you guys to come down and lose every year at Labor Day. Like I, I just don't get it. Like is it something in the water or is it uh like what's what's going on? Well, that, sta- I mean, the like, Stampeders have been eight years in a row now. The Stampeders have been a great team since 2008. Like really, since Huffnagel took over the franchise, and 
you know, the Eskimos have changed coaches. They, they've changed players. I mean, people have said to me, do the Eskimos have a mental block against the Stampeders? Well, a lot of the guys on this year's team aren't part of this loss, this losing streak to the Stampeders. I, I just wonder if the Stamps just have that much confidence and they get Bo Levi back and, and they never doubted they were, they were going to lose today. But I, I don't know. I would have thought that this year would have been the year because we're five and four. Like honestly, like I'm a Stamps fan, like nobody's business, but I'm also in touch with how things work. And we're, I thought we're, uh, well, we're a five and four team, and I think that's where we're at. And uh, but like the way we played today was just unbelievable. One thing I thought was interesting that they really went to uh, to uh, Trey's side an awful lot on our on our uh, corner, mm-hmm. um, and uh, I was a bit surprised about that. Because uh, Wilson is the other quarterback on the other side, and I don't think they went to his side more than two or three times. Or you know, a Roberson, they went to his side kind of all 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 game. Now I know they put the best receiver on that boundary side of the field, so they're gonna plays are gonna flow that way naturally. I get that, but uh, I think part of those that um, Roberson also bites quite a bit. Like he bites on the on the pump fake, he bites on the double move, he bites on things like that, and he got cut a couple times today. And uh, kind of think the uh, mystique of uh, you know a Roberson is is uh, maybe a bit lost. I was a bit like honestly, I was a bit surprised how boldly by Mitchell was kept so clean today. Like he was upright the whole game, and you guys have, in my opinion, the best defensive line in the league. And I, I just, I don't know what happened. Yeah, thanks, Dwayne. I appreciate you calling in and listening to Chad. Thanks, man. Okay, bye. All right, that is Dwayne, 780-496-0063. Uh, the Mike says, uh, who can replace Jason Moss right away? Uh, Oilers Brad says, with Jason Moss's arrogance, immaturity, and ego, we won't win anything. Brock has put good enough talent on the field. We just need a better leader. I, I, will, I will say this. I, I Look, coaches are always being evaluated. Uh, I've been doing this long enough and been a fan long enough. I, I hear all the fire the coach stuff. I don't think there would be a coaching change midseason. They're pretty rare in football. I mean, clearly, if the second half uh, goes like it did, the second half of this season goes like last year's second half, it'd be pretty hard to justify bringing the coach back. But I, 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 I don't think anything's going to pop right away. I, I mean, I, I hear it from, from you guys. I mean, there's three or four guys who almost daily text me, fire Jason Moss text. I, I get it, but, you know, he's the coach. He's going to be the coach. He's going to get a chance to keep trying to fix it. And if if once again the team sputters in the second half of the season, you know, then then I think the decisions the decisions pretty obvious. If that happens, we'll see how it goes. Uh, we will get to Steve on the open line after the seven o'clock news. More lines for you at seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. You can text six thirty six thirty. You're also going to hear from uh, Jake DeBrusque, Edmonton kid, went all the way to Game 7 of the Stanley Cup Final with the Boston Bruins last year. All ahead on Insight. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.